Hi teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Teach Music Online Podcast. And thank you if you've reached out to me on social media or at my email to thank me for these episodes. It's been over a year now that I've been doing these episodes and I think it's so much fun to help you have success with your online teaching business. If you've been listening for a while, please, please go over to iTunes to leave a review. It only takes a moment to leave a review and I know it's going to help other teachers find the podcast. Today's review that I'm sharing is from Lisa Bailey on iTunes and she wrote, what a wonderful podcast this has been. I have enjoyed listening to each episode and I've learned so much through each one as well as the TMO course. Carly has a way of simplifying tasks to make them so accessible and easy to implement with her easy to follow step-by-step approach. My teaching has benefited from her expertise, and I have been able to streamline lessons so much in my studio, both in my teaching and in my administrative tasks. I have grown in my confidence with technology, and my students love the new things I try each week. Thank you, Carly. Thank you so much for leaving your review, Lisa, and I just love having you in the program. If you have not joined the Teach Music Online membership yet, then what are you waiting for? Investing in yourself and your business is the fastest way for you to have real growth in your studio. Think of this as an investment in music business school. Plus, all the teachers in the membership have the opportunity to become a certified pro online teacher. Once certified, you will receive a badge to put on your website and you'll be added to my pro online teacher directory so that you can have more, so that you can get more student referrals. Today's episode is with one of our members, Anna Goldthorpe. Six years ago, Anna graduated from college and was planning a complete career change from teaching music. She was burnt out and wasn't enjoying teaching. It was then that she had a complete studio makeover, rewrote her curriculum, added incentives, and completely changed her methods for teaching. Since then, she has had a full studio of 40 plus students and a growing waitlist. I cannot wait for you to hear her studio additions that have brought her so much success. You're going to love her fun, energetic personality. Here is my discussion with Anna Goldthorpe. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Carly. <laughs> Let's first talk about, and I love I love starting with this because I want to give those listening a little bit more of a background about you. Tell us about when you started teaching music and what inspired you to start teaching. Um, well, I started teaching music a whole like 19 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. But um, 19 years ago, actually in Sydney, Australia is when I first started teaching. Um, So that was fun. Uh, I moved there for college and I took a job as a piano teacher with a mobile music bus. (laughs) And I get the question like, what is a mobile music bus all the time? But it's, um, it's just exactly what it sounds like. I drove a bus around that had a keyboard set up inside the keyboards actually folded up on the sides of the van and there were stools and we had like a sound system and they each had their own headphones and monitors and uh, when I got to the school 
the kids would come into the bus, we'd put the keyboards down, they'd all just work away at their piano and um, I would help them all individually. So it was a really unique experience. <laughs> Did you come up with that idea yourself or was there a company that hired you to drive this bus? <laughs> no, it was a company that um, came up with that in innovative way of teaching and going to schools, which was really great because Sydney is, you know, millions of people. So they were able to take music lessons to the schools. So it was I, <laughs> I've never heard of that. And I've heard of lots of different options for schools. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was very cool. <laughs> and were you, I'm curious about being in Australia. What took you to Australia? Um, college. So I went there for Bible college. I went to Hillsong International Leadership College there in 2001. And um, I met my husband there as well. So um, that's why I stayed in Australia for as long as I did. <laughs> oh, that's neat. And then you brought him back to the States. <laughs> yes. And he's now a U.S. citizen. <laughs> so that's great. So great. When did you first hear about Teach Music Online? You've been, I know you've been around for a while because I feel like you were a part of things and then you joined the membership. So tell us a, for a little bit about when you joined and how you heard about TMO. Um, I actually joined way back in, I think the fall of 2019. Were you one so, of our first? <laughs> I yeah, think you were. I remember. Yes, I remember. I think Carol Matz had put your um, something about your TMO on her page. And so I checked it out and I knew I wanted to go online because I knew um, the trend was moving more towards teaching online. And I also wanted to get more daytime students. So I felt this would be a great way to do that. Um, and so, yeah, when you put your course up, I think I was one of the first people to buy your course. And um, I started slowly going through it in, I think, November of 2019. Um, and then I was able to actually implement a lot of the things that you taught in your course with my own studio before the pandemic hit. And so I had already prepared all my students um, and families about the online thing. So that transition was perfectly smooth because of your course. So it was wonderful. <laughs> I love hearing that so much. I, I yeah. remember those, I mean, it's two years ago now that I launched a Facebook group and started that first membership and course. And I remember thinking, that I wanted to help teachers prepare for online. And I don't even really know why, other than I knew it was so helpful for me to have that, the flexibility of online lessons and the tools and the setup and just to know the methods, you know, the engagement methods and how to do it. So I love mm -hmm. that you got in before the pandemic. So it sounds like you were pretty set up to just, did you just completely shift everyone over online in March of 2020? Yep. Yes. And because of your course, I knew exactly, I already had the setup. I had already tried a few online lessons with kids that were sick or um, out of town. And um, so, yeah, it was uh, like a seamless transition. Um, and I think because of your course, I was confident in how I walked everyone through that transition. And then all my parents, even though they were uh, a little, resistant to it or a little hesitant um they did awesome and they all did fantastic at getting their kids online and it just worked well <laughs> good so, yay that's so great yeah. 
So great. now you're in the newer membership. Can you, I'm just curious, because I love getting one-on-one -on -one time with teachers that are in the membership. What are some things right now that have been helpful for you now that you have a hybrid studio, you're incorporating different things? What, are there any lessons or videos or events that have been helpful for you? Yes, so basically, well, yes, all of your social media um, help and all the ongoing classes and um, meets that you guys organize on a regular basis, they all continue to help me just even with the, the one coming up that you guys are doing about uh, hiring new teachers. So that is something I'm really looking forward to because I'm at the place where I do need to start looking at hiring another teacher or two. And so um, I just feel like your social media courses, um, all the online meetings and options that you guys continue to give and put out, they're all super helpful to me. And just having that, um, having that connection with other online teachers that understand <laughs> that teaching online is easy in some aspects, but there's a lot of difficulties and a lot of ongoing things that occur. And so it's nice to have that ongoing connection and, and training. And I value um, personal development as a teacher. So that's something that I value with your course. And that's what I really love about your membership. So yeah. thank you. And I, <laughs> I love that you touched on personal development and professional development that, you know, you have a full studio. You're not starting from the beginning. You didn't join the course because you needed help with setup. You did, you've done that all. It's more about community, ongoing training, social media, what's new and updated, you know, because things are always changing for our businesses. And so it sounds to me kind of like it's your professional place. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is. And it's, yeah, it's a great way to be able to find very professional development um, courses because you guys do top-notch courses all the time. Thank you. <laughs> you just yeah. posted recently in our Friday Wins, which we do every Friday, you told us that you have a wait list. You have a full studio and a wait list. I would love to hear how, well, first of all, how long have you had that wait list? And how did you get to the point where your studio is just full? Um, so I've had a wait list for the last six years, about. Um, so it's kind of funny because says a lot I had about got... you. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because there was uh, a time where I was done with music teaching and I was actually going back to school to change careers. And um, it's that year I graduated with my degree in psychology <laughs> and other things. I was going to change careers. Um, that year I graduated, um, I had taken a just a refresh course with Tim Topham, I think. And um, it was um, just being able to fine tune your teaching and realizing that you don't have to do it all as a music teacher. And so once I kind of implemented some of those things, um, I enjoyed teaching again and my studio just exploded like within a few weeks of graduating <laughs> with another degree. But um, so, yeah, but I think I just finally figured out like who I was as a teacher. I found my niche student, like the student that I like teaching. And for me, that's the younger ages, three, three to 12 is like my really sweet spot. That's, I of course love teaching all ages, but um, I found that niche. 
of the student that I connect and do well with. And so that's who I kind of marketed to. And then I even changed the method I use. I use wonder keys and um, it's very game-based. Even if I don't use wonder keys with a student, I still make their lessons game-based. And so my students have fun. They love coming to lessons each week. And that's my goal is to make sure that they leave wanting more and being like, oh man, our 30 minutes is up already. That's my goal every week. Um, of course, it's not always that, but that's my goal. That's what I aim for. And um, so I think because of that, word of mouth has been my main thrust of um, a big student base. And um, my current students, their younger siblings, they start coming into lessons because they see how much fun their older siblings are having. And so um, just, yeah, so I think it's just been a lot of years of just communicating with the parents well, making sure my lessons are fun and engaging. And I develop that relationship with each family. And because of that, my studio has become full. And um, yeah, and I have about 10 students on my waiting list right now. And each year it's about that. And then, um, and occasionally I can fill spots with those students, but it's very rare that students quit. <laughs> right. Uh, I love hearing that your, your transition story from kind of burnt out teacher, not enjoying mm -hmm. your job to you, it sounds like you did a complete rebrand. You rethought everything. And I know there are teachers who will listen to this, who ha are in that right now, where they are where you were thinking, maybe I should go back to school. Maybe, maybe this isn't just, this is not my thing. You know, maybe they can't keep mm -hmm. students enrolled. And I, that's going to be so encouraging for them to hear that because you made those changes and shifts. And it sounds like you really love it now compared to where you were before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the key is just really that phrase, you do not have to do it all as a music teacher. That really um, hit home with me because I think sometimes we feel like lone wolves and we do have to do it all um, in order to keep students coming to our studios. And um, we really don't. <laughs> um, you can be successful with just finding that niche that you're great at and then just being confident in it. And um, it can change everything around for you. Oh, great advice, great advice. <laughs> I hear teachers quite often say they teach ages five to 70. And while that's really fun for the teacher, it actually is more work because you have to be really mm -hmm. good at a lot of different things. So thank you for sharing. You don't have to do it all. Tell us about yes. your studio-wide incentives. I know you mentioned it's something you're really passionate about where you get everyone involved. Can you choose a few incentives that you've done that you want to share? Absolutely. Um, well, every year, I think a lot of music teachers do this, so it's familiar, but I do the 30-piece challenge. Um, but the difference is I change it up a little bit. I So every 10 songs, my students get a reward of some sort. So they're working towards a, 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 a reward of some sort, but have a long-term goal for the whole year. And then um, I actually this year have incorporated um, Jennifer Fox's um, music, music Athlon. It's based on the Olympic kind of incentive because it was an Olympic year. So 
Um, so I'm using that, incorporating that with the 30 piece challenge. So it's kind of this little system where all the students come in each week and they compete in different little musical games to win awards. And I'll put their trophies up on my wall. <laughs> um, so I just put their names on the trophies of what trophies they got and what they received that week. Um, so all my students are involved in this from the littles all the way up to the adults. And uh, I gear the games a little towards wherever their level is at. And then um, they can win a gold medal, a silver medal, or a bronze medal. And then of course the students at the end of the year that complete the 30 piece challenge, they get a gold trophy and a gold medal at our end of year recital. So um, I, I value the incentives. That's just one, I change it up every year and we do something different, but it's always based around the 30 piece challenge so that um, they're always learning lots of songs. <laughs> I that is sound that sounds so fun. It so, I love that you incorporate that for young all the way to adults and that you change it up depending on what age they are. How do you involve your online students with incentives? Are are you able to first of all and then how do you make that happen? Yes, absolutely. So the cool thing is is that um Jennifer Fox's music athlon that I chose to use this year is actually got digital versions of everything. So I can share the student workbook with my students online easily. Um, and I also do, if I know they're online, I do print things out and then I'll send them a package of all the materials they're going to need for the year. So my prep in summertime is a bit you know, intense, but it's worth it because then I can send all those materials that my online student might need in person and they can fill the student workbooks out with me. I send them a 30 piece challenge chart and, um, but there's also a digital version. So I keep track of those and I keep them in my students' folders online. So the students all have a Google Drive folder and then I share those with the parents or the students themselves and they can always access all those things. So I put everything that we do incentive wise in their folder. They can access it at any time. And I show them the actual 30 piece challenge um, chart on the wall. Um, I'll actually show them with my video camera, you know, so they'll see the actual physical one for all the in. So it makes them still feel like they're part of the in-person incentive as well. So, um, and then because I use Tanara, um, you know, I give them awards on Tanara where they can purchase stickers and other things like that for the app. And um, so, and I will send them awards like $5 Amazon gift cards or something simple like that. So I still engage them in the incentive process online. You're making learning so much fun with all of these tools. You know, it's not a traditional lesson where they just go and they have a paper with all the songs and they go practice. And I try to encourage teachers and we try to encourage teachers to to not be as traditional anymore because kids are changing. And yeah. it's just the world of media and social media and apps and games that we live in where their attention span, attention span is so different now. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I want to hear about 
what a 30 minute lesson looks like with you, let's say for a first year student. So someone who's in their first year of piano. Okay. So my 30 minute lesson, which by the way, I always feel is too short, <laughs> but um, we always start with a fun um, improv together. So um, I use a lot of different improv resources, but um, I've used a lot of Teach Piano Today's improv resources that are so great because they have these rhythm cards printed out. And um, so I will have a, a little just fun little song I'll play on the piano and just a few chords with a different rhythm. And then the piano and then the student will have those little rhythm cards that have a saying on them like um, back to school or um, uh, running for the bus or something like that. And so they will use those rhythm cards and create their own melody on the piano. So I'll tell them which position to put their hands in. We'll either put it in for a first year student, it would be middle C or C position. And, um, and then they just simply create a little melody using those rhythms. And then we play those together. So we always start our lesson with something fun like that. Um, and then Really quick, I want to I want to comment on oh, that sure. <laughs> because I something I teach teachers is to include activities with your young students. And what you've done is you've created an activity, but it's not just a separate thing. They're learning so many skills with those improv activities. But to them, it's a little bit like a game, which is great. Yeah, exactly. And they just love it. Um, if we miss it on accident or something, they will always ask, can we do our improv before I go? <laughs> so it's so fun. <laughs> so yeah, they just love making up all the little sounds and things and using my sounds on my keyboard. And, you know, so that, that part makes it fun. <laughs> um, and then from there, we will go on to, I'll listen to their um, songs that they've been working on practicing. Um, we'll play them together. Um, if the song has a duet, I always play with my young beginner students. Um, and then of course I always let them play by themselves because they definitely know Miss Anna, I want to play it by myself. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot of that, but, uh, and then from there we go on to our next lesson and, um, whatever technique I'm teaching them in that lesson, I always play a game with them that helps reiterate that technique. So say they're learning about whole notes or um, half notes or anything like that. Um, we'll always play a game that helps them recognize quarter notes, half notes, whole notes. So whatever new technique I'm introducing to them, I always play a game with them to help them reinforce um, just understanding that concept. Um, and of course, Wonder Keys, the, that method really incorporates that as well. So that makes that part really easy and helpful. And, um, and then from there, we play the game and then we'll play some of the new songs they're learning. And then um, we will do even some note printing activities where I have them write out notes and we'll write, they'll do, even do some of their own composing. Um, so I feel like with young first year students, if they can write out the music, even if they're just copying it, it helps them with sight reading and um, 
makes them really strong sight readers. So, um, so yeah, I think that's about it that I incorporate into a 30 minute lesson. <laughs> Just about it. Yes. You pack all of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's not easy yeah. sometimes with the 30 minute lesson. I, yes. I had the thought, I wonder when you're, when those cute little ones turn into like the hard 11 year old, 10, 11 year old age, do you have any magic tricks <laughs> to keep um, them in lessons? Yes. Well, actually, yes. So um, I have my keyboard. So, or not my keyboard. It's my digital piano, a Yamaha with a bunch of different rhythms and sounds. And um, the older kids really like to have a backing track of some sort to play along with. And so I'll just come up with some fun um backing track or a fun rhythm or a different sound and just let them use the different sounds for their piano pieces. Um, I know in older days, my piano teacher would have been like, absolutely not. You only play on the piano. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I just figured, you know, these older kids, they want to play around with the sounds and the, the rhythms and things. And so I just let them do it and um, they enjoy it. I also just try to find songs that they really love and I teach them how to play chords along with sight reading. And so I always teach some of my older kids the chords and how to play chords so that we can teach them how to play pop songs using chords. Um, so I try to incorporate all the songs they really love and that really helps keep them engaged. Are you using, is Tanara a big part of your incentives for practice during the week? Do they use the, the practice tracker in Tanara? Yes, absolutely. I make that a big part of um, lessons and I even teach the parents how to use it and um, have recorded walkthrough videos for parents so they understand how it works. And um, so, so yes, almost every single student is using Tanara. A few just don't because they don't want to use the technology side of things, but um, almost every student does. And um, that part they love. They do love that whole gamify the practice part. And I love it too, because I can send them extra help. I can send them extra resources. I can send them backing tracks, YouTube links, um, you know, links to the song that someone else is playing that they can watch. And um, so for me, I love it, but it, the students also engage really well with the practice app there too. Oh, so great. So many tools that you're using to keep them engaged, to keep them incentivized and practicing. And while yes. those listening might feel like that's a lot, a lot going on, I can imagine it's been over time that you've been implementing some things here and there. So is that, yes. does that sound about right? You're kind of continually changing and modifying Yes, exactly. And um, so for right now, what I do might not work well for another teacher right now, but um, yes, every year I've slowly added something different. So every year I will try to add something new um, that I didn't do the year before. And that's, I think that's key is just, just adding one thing at a time and not making it overwhelming for yourself. And um, it's, and I've slowly built up to where I'm at now. And because I've used Tanara for a couple of years, I've been able to have a backlog of assignments. I was going to ask if you've been saving those. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So I save them. And then I even, now that Tanara has those 
labels you can put in. Um, I can save all the assignments for every book that I'm teaching out of. And that makes assigning them so fast and easy. So, and you're not yeah. using lesson time to write stuff down and write notes and nope. write in their book. You just click on the little lesson and add it to yeah. their add it to their assignment. That's great. Do you have any? I, I want to hear how you communicate with parents. So, because they're not always at the lesson with the student, um, and we talk about this in the membership a lot. We talk about communication tactics and ways to get parents involved. Do you have any favorite ways of including them with the student's progress? Yes. So, and again, this might be something that other teachers might be like, but that's so much extra time. But really, <laughs> um, at the end of every teaching day, um, I will take 10 minutes before I leave my studio to go say hi to my kids. I will take 10 minutes and I will text every parent. And if I didn't get to connect with them after the lesson, I will text them like a picture or a video that I took from the student's lesson or just a quick little, um, your son did fantastic today and he beat me at a, a piano game or something like that. Just a short little thing. It's not necessarily long, but I will take 10 minutes and I will text every parent from that day. Um, I don't do it all the time, but um, I try to do it at least every other week. And I will really try to engage my parents that way. I'll send them cute little pictures from their lesson or cute little video of them playing their song. So, um, and parents, I think, really appreciate that. They love that. And it That's makes why they're not quitting. Like, That's why you have a yes. wait list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they feel like, well, you're obviously a parent too. So you know what we want. So I feel like that part is important because so, as a parent myself, I appreciate it when a teacher takes that extra second to send me something short about my child when they can. So, um, so that's what I try to do for my my parents as well. That's a great takeaway. <laughs> I always tell myself and others, if, if you've, if you're hearing from a parent or they're asking you, Hey, how's my student, how's my child doing with lessons? It's too late. <laughs> you're too late Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because we shouldn't have to wait for them to ask. It should be an ongoing kind of part of what we do already for sure. Yes, definitely. Well, this has been so fun. I think we could talk all day long about all the things that you are incorporating <laughs> and using. I I love asking this final question, which is just, why do you teach? And really for you, why have you continued teaching? Because you almost shifted careers a few years ago. Yeah, um, I continue teaching because I find it... Um, challenging, engaging, motivational, and inspirational. And I know those seem kind of nuanced or whatever, but um, as like, I love being able to see, especially because I've found a method that I really connect with and that I really love using. Um, I see my students grow in leaps and bounds and just to see their faces light up when they can play a their favorite Disney song or, um, and then just seeing the, the, the look on the parents' faces, I think at the recitals, seeing tears come down the parents' faces as they're watching their child play music. Um, you know, we all know that maybe that student is going to be the next Beethoven, but that their progress is like 
so beautiful to me and so beautiful to their parents and just seeing the beaming faces of parents and dads and proud proud dads proud moms proud husbands of their wives even um when they stand up and sing at a recital that to me is like the most rewarding experience um and then the fact that my children uh are part of it even though they might not be in the lesson all the time with me they actually learn all my kids' songs. So when my students leave, my kids will be singing the, my students' songs at the end of the day. And um, so to me, and also just having music as a part of my kids' life on an everyday basis, um, that is just the reward. That's the ultimate reward. So for me, and I guess, I think most of us would say this, if we could do it for free, we would, but the reality is we can't, but um, it's just rewarding. So I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Anna. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing all your golden yes. tips. I hope that teachers were taking notes. <laughs> I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I want to link your website and your Facebook page. So if teachers want to see what you're doing, they can see a little bit more. Yeah, most certainly. Thanks for having me, Carly. It was so fun. <laughs> you're welcome. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast, the 10X level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.